0: You guys seem sprightly this morning. You seem rowdy, like you're excited to be alive. I'm excited to preach. So if you're as pumped for church as I am to preach today, then this is going to be a good day. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 14. This is the beginnings of the Christmas story. Here we go. The time came for the baby to be born, and she, being Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. By the way, I wish I had Morgan Freeman's voice for this or at least like Linus's voice, but I have these guys backing me up with what I presume the Holy Spirit sounds like. So my voice will have to do with the help of this music. She placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And by the way, this is right around the time the three wise men show up with frankincense and myrrh. And I imagine about 10 or 15 minutes after that, the three wiser women showing up with diapers, frozen lasagnas and wine, amen? I love that joke and I dedicate it to all the moms in our church. I just picture Mary and Joseph like, oh, frankincense, thanks. Was that on our registry? Do you have any baby clothes? No, you have myrrh and frankincense? This is great, thank you. Let's move on, back to the Bible. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. And by the way, this is the verse we're gonna zoom in on over the next three weeks. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Somebody say, Good news that will cause great joy. Say, great Great joy. And then one more, say, All people. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, we're gonna look at that very first part of the phrase, don't be afraid. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests, which by the way is you. So from God in the highest heaven, peace came to this earth, peace on earth and mercy mild. It is a peace that is not from here, but because of Christmas, it is a peace that is now here. And this message is called Peace Came Here. So God, we love you so much. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, and everything that goes with it, including peace. By the end of this worship experience, I pray we'd all walk out of here experiencing your peace to new heights and new depths. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Do you... uh? Do you remember the best Christmas gift you ever got as a kid growing up? I don't know if you have that sort of sealed in your memory, but I I will never forget, I think I was seven years old, and I remember waking up on Christmas morning and running down the stairs, two steps at a time, by the way, into the formal living room, which we were only allowed to go in on Christmas morning, basically, going to the Christmas tree, and then tearing off the wrapping paper to reveal the greatest gift ever, a real tool set, complete, by the way, with a real hammer and a real saw. Just to reiterate, I'm seven, and my parents gave me a real saw. All right, is that irresponsible or just awesome? I vote awesome. They're watching right now. Mom and dad, I love you. However, the answer, the answer to that question is gonna beg a more important question when you hear the story. Am I the victim in the story that I'm about to tell or am I actually the culprit in the story that I'm about to tell? Because there was a 25-foot tree in our neighbor's yard. <laughs> just to put that into perspective, that's about the height of this ceiling. And in case you're thinking, I know where this story's going, you're right, you do know where this story's going because in two hours of unsupervised fun, I took my Christmas present and I somehow managed to cut down the entire tree in our neighbor's yard. Once again, victim or culprit or lumberjack prodigy, you know, I'm leaning towards culprit because even as a seven-year-old, I have a vivid memory of sawing the tree and thinking, I shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) I'm seven, but I know that. But here's a question, why is it that the most wonderful time of the year, which is supposed to be the most peaceful time of year, usually is not? This is the time of year that all of us sing one thing and yet mean and feel something completely different. All is calm and all is bright. Oh yeah, well your son is using his Christmas present to cut down the neighbor's tree right now. Oh, it's a holly jolly Christmas, oh yeah? Well, a recent poll said 45% of Americans, if given the option, would opt to skip Christmas altogether. And stuff like anxiety, depression, substance abuse, suicidal thoughts, and physical sickness are at their peak in December. I mean, this is just, it's just reality. So I thought, let's just be honest about it today. I'm a pastor and I feel some of that stuff too. And I think I now understand why my parents actually had that formal living room growing up because I never got it, but now I get it. So I just wanna honor them and parents everywhere because as a kid, I never understood why we had this formal living room with a fancy couch and and fancy pillows and perfect vacuum lines in the carpet, a living room that was in fact not for living, but for looking. Kinda like having fine china because you never know when the Pope's gonna stop by for afternoon tea. And that was sassy, but I feel this, okay? But I get it now, I, I, I get it. It makes sense to me because those things actually make you feel a little bit of peace. So whatever your version of a formal living room is, Those things make you feel a little bit of peace because when your son is cutting down the neighbor's tree and when there's mud in the house and there's baseball happening in the living room and when there's a family feud and a million obligations and the car's a mess and there's financial stress, well, then you can steal away for a few fleeting moments in time, look at your formal living room and think, we're gonna be okay. (laughs) Look at our perfect vacuum lines We're not crazy, peace is possible for us and peace really is a byproduct of perfection. If you're a perfectionist, I don't know, I I happen to be a perfectionist at heart. The real reason you are is because you're trying to find peace. At the end of the day, everything's being made perfect by you so that you can just tap into a little bit of peace in your heart because peace really is a byproduct of perfection. That is true. But might I suggest that if you're looking for peace and you're not finding it, it might be because you're looking in all the wrong places, i.e. your circumstances. So the holiday ham or the giving of the gift, or the receiving of the gift, and the reaction to the gift, and the watching of this movie at this perfect time, and the dinnertime conversation, and the financial situation. If my circumstances are perfect, then I can be at peace. But if your peace has prerequisites, then your peace is a house of cards. Because a perfect carpet is what gives you peace, then the dirty carpet can snatch it from you if having everything go according to plan all the time, if that's how you get your peace, then one delayed flight robs you of your peace. Not having a white Christmas like the ones you used to know and rob you of your peace. I would argue that your desire for perfection is not bad. In fact, it kind of shows that you were made for it it shows you were made for perfection. I'm just saying you need a better source than your circumstances. And that is what's so amazing about Christmas. Because Christmas is the story of all the perfection you ever needed showing up in a manger wearing holy huggies in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Your permanent source of peace because all the perfection you ever needed. You now have a permanent source of peace. So the Christmas party and the weather. And the reactions to all the things and and the carpet and your job and the salary and the Christmas bonus, listen to me, it doesn't have to be perfect for you to have peace. That's not just true about Christmas. If you get that revelation just a little bit deeper into your heart, it will revolutionize every season of your life. It does not have to be perfect for you to be at peace. What Christmas means is that you have everything you need right now to experience peace. Why Why? because peace came here. Peace came here, that's the point. It's no longer there, around the corner. Maybe I'll get to it if I, no, peace showed up in the form of an infinite infant named Jesus 2,000 years ago. And point number one about peace is this. Peace is a promise. Peace is a promise. So the Old Testament is full of a bunch of prophecies and promises that Jesus fulfilled in the New Testament. One of those um, was given by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was even born. This is what Isaiah says in chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, here to give us peace. You know, the Hebrews had a much more robust, so to speak, word for peace than we do. We say peace, they said shalom. And shalom is a a much bigger word than just peace because it doesn't just speak about the absence of conflict, how we think about peace but it also speaks to the presence of complete wholeness in its place. So Isaiah prophesying the arrival of the Prince of Shalom was a really, really, really big deal. This word peace, I mean, you think about the word peace, it's a a noun, a verb, it can be an adjective and an adverb. The Prince of Peace came here to establish peace by bringing peace peacefully because peace is a promise. And I'm saying the word peace a lot because I just think a lot of us could use a little bit more of it in our cultural moment because if I could just paint a little bit about our cultural moment this time of year to you, half of Americans report feeling more anxious today than they did last year at this time. More anxious today than they did last year at that time. And that same study has proven the same results for the last 10 years. The American Psychiatric Association has recently said most North American teenagers today are living with chronic anxiety levels consistent with that of psychiatric patients from the 1950s. And so much of that has to do with our phones, unfortunately. Did you know Instagram this year is going to make $50.6 billion? $50.6 billion. How do they do that? Because you didn't pay for Instagram. You didn't purchase to download that app, so how are they making tens of billions of dollars this year? You might be thinking, well, I know how they're doing it. It's because every time I'm on Instagram, I see ads for literally everything I've ever wanted in my life. The pair of shoes I Googled yesterday, the Tesla I talked about, the Scottsdale vacation I thought about, like they're in my head. They know my thoughts. That's how they're making money is they're selling stuff to me. Nope, just to be clear, They're selling you. Just to be clear, Silicon Valley this year will make hundreds of billions, selling your limited and precious attention to vendors at the proven cost of your anxiety that is increasing corporately every single year. I mean, they say now 80% of primary care doctor visits are for stress-related disorders and diseases. This is an epidemic, church. This is We are trending right now in the wrong direction. And you feel it. That's why right now you might be even frustrated at me. Yeah, pastor, I know. Newsflash, we all know. And it's kind of frustrating when you talk about it in church, but I beg to differ. To me, what's frustrating is that Christians are just as anxious and stressed out as the rest of the world when peace is a promise. Like we should have a personal vendetta against worry and hurry and anxiety if we know that peace is a promise, amen? Let's do this, let's take 15 to 20 seconds and if you could just close your eyes and take a deep breath, let this be your exhale this Christmas season. I want you to imagine for a second with your eyes closed, especially those of you who struggle with worry like I do, imagine a deep mind at ease peace that is uncorrelated with your circumstances a soul at rest, truly at rest, cozy in your own imperfect reality with no desire to numb it or escape it, no hurry to change it, sleeping at night in a heavenly peace, waking up rested in the morning. Take one more deep breath, open your eyes. And what I wanna say to you, and I'll cite my source, it's the word of God. That kind of peace is possible for you. I'm talking to you. That kind of peace is possible for you because peace is a promise. It's the point of Christmas that peace came here. So my 2023 at the Wekenman household, it was a crazy year. It was a good year, but it was a crazy year. I don't know about you. I feel like with each passing year, I just like, I collect more and more things to worry about. I don't know if that's true for anybody else, but it seems like every year that goes by, I just, I have more things to worry about. And this happened a few weeks ago. This is, this is a frequent thing for me um, maybe once every other month I have a night like this where I'm in bed, and, uh, but my brain is in the future worrying about all the things that could potentially go wrong, but 98% of them never really do. And I was trying to sleep, but I couldn't sleep. So eventually I just gave up on sleeping and I decided to get out of bed and I took my black lab Luna with me into the backyard onto the back patio. We live in Georgetown and the stars are a little bit brighter. So I was out in the backyard with Luna because dogs, by the way, are the best peace teachers and looked up at the sky and prayed for peace for like the millionth time. And I really felt like God, like a heavenly father, encourage and challenge me at the same time and say, buddy, I love that you talk to me. Never stop. But you don't need more from me. What you actually need is a deeper revelation of what you already have in me. I'm gonna say that again because it's true for you. You don't need more from God when it comes to peace. What you actually need is a deeper revelation of the peace you already have in God. God's saying, stop, like, buddy, you gotta stop praying for something I've already given you. Stop praying for it and start receiving it. Start walking in it because it's right here and right now. And I prayed the same prayer for all of you that you would encounter the peace beyond understanding in this Christmas season. And because he's such a good, good father who has no shortage of peace and blessings to lavish on his kids, he'll probably just answer that prayer. And I wouldn't be surprised if you found yourself walking in more peace. However, I also heard the challenge of God say, what would it look like for your church to gather together every weekend and celebrate the fact that?" because of Christmas, I've already done that. Like you already have peace. You don't need more from God. Because of Christmas, you have it. What you need is a deeper revelation of what you do have. Stop praying for it and start receiving it and walking in it. That you now have a peace the world didn't give you. And that means you have a peace the world cannot take away. You have to redefine peace in your life. It's not the absence of problems but more so it speaks to the promise of God's presence in the middle of them, in the middle of them. Peace on earth and mercy mild. It is a supernatural peace that might not be from earth, but because of Christmas, it is now on earth. Peace is a promise, amen? Number two, peace is a path. Peace is a path. So a few verses earlier in that same Luke passage, this is what we read starting in verse 77 through 79. This is prophecy about John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin who would pave the way for Jesus. And it says this, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven and to shine on those living in the darkness in the shadow of death. And then lean in right here to guide our feet in the path to peace. No. And that two letter word, might be the game changer for you this Christmas season. The path of peace. Not the path to peace, the path of peace. In other words, peace is not a destination that's right around the corner. Peace is a path that you're on right now. Because I know I'm not alone when I say this is a, this is a, a chronic state of my mind, that as soon as I get through this season and into the next chapter, then... I'll have peace, I'll have joy, I'll be fixed, I'll fill in the blank. As soon as I get through this season, as soon as I get to the next chapter, the next checkpoint, dear Lord, as soon as we get to 2024, then what? Like the calendar will fix everything? As soon as I get through this season, as soon as I, like where do we think peace is? It's like Wi-Fi, And Jesus is the router who never buffers. Oh, that was bad, that was so bad. I'm not proud that I said that. But you won't forget it. Wi-Fi is wherever the router is. Peace is wherever Jesus is. Peace is wherever Jesus is. And Jesus is not then and there. And Jesus is not back in the day. Jesus is right here and right now, which means, practically speaking, in your life, we're not talking about a as soon as I get a promotion kind of peace. We're not talking about it as soon as finals are finally over kind of peace. We're not talking about it as soon as I I get married, as soon as I have kids, as soon as the kids are out of the house, as soon as we get that house, as soon as the in-laws finally leave, like then I can have peace. We're not talking about a kind of peace that is correlated to your circumstances or situation. Why? Because peace is not a destination. You're not walking on a path to future peace. You are standing on a path of present peace. I'll say it this way. Peace is not a place out there in the distance. Peace is a person in here. Stop waiting to get to it and start walking in it. Start receiving it right now because I'm telling you, no amount of regret can change the past. No amount of stress or anxiety will change the future, but just a little bit of peace will transform your present because peace is a path beneath your feet. Even as Austin traffic gets worse, dear Lord, I'll walk in it. I'll walk in it, when there's bills to be paid and I'm not sure how, when I just started doing finances God's way, but I'm sort of in that neutral zone where I haven't fully seen like what God's gonna do about it, peace is not a place, peace is not a destination, peace is a path I'm walking on right now. You know the presence of God is no longer hidden behind a veil, the presence of God dwells within every single one of us, which means this is holy ground, this is peaceful ground. This, there's a path beneath my feet, I'm walking on it. The sandals of peace, freely and lightly because of Christmas, no longer is your season or your chapter marked by this narrative, like you're trudging through the mud as soon as I get there because the message of Christmas is that peace came here and this path over the mountain and through the valley, through the sickness, through the health, through the better and through the worse pieces of path. Maybe the the best Christmas present you can give your family this year is for you yourself to walk into the house as a non-anxious presence. I think every home could use that this Christmas. For you to show up and be a non-anxious presence You sit down at the dinner table, you show up to the Christmas party with that kind of holy swagger attitude that goes, the presence of the living God dwells within me, the Prince of Shalom lives within me, so peace will be felt everywhere I go. You know there's heaven that lives inside of you, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. I think far too often, man, we show up to to a different room, a different party, a different situation, a different whatever, and and the the world around us affects the heaven within us and causes us to shrink back way too easily. I think it should be the opposite. It should be wherever you go, heaven goes with you. And you should walk into the room and the world around you should be affected by the heaven within you. The world around you affected by the heaven within you. Within you, because you understand peace is a path beneath my feet. Amen. And then finally, point three peace is a practice. Peace is a practice. The Apostle Paul says this Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, the world has patterns and they're proving to not work. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind because you cannot have a peaceful life with an anxious mind. It all begins here. So be renewed, be made new, be transformed. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Peace is a a practice. How do you practice peace? I would say with prayer, with praise, pardon my nerddom, but I actually love science, I always have. Um, I don't think uh, faith should be afraid of it. I actually think the more we learn about science, the more, science is just basically understanding how God designed it all. So the more we start to understand, the more it's like, God, wow, wow. And, And science is beginning to catch up with the word of God, which I love so much especially like around the human brain, there's this word neurotheology. It's the study of neuro, your brain, and theology, a belief in God. Your brain essentially on a belief in God, that you have a God who's a divine designer, who divinely designed your brain with an ability to think about what you think about so that instead of living as a victim to your thoughts, you can claim victory over them and catch the bad ones and strengthen the good ones, which is why science is now proving that prayer heals your brain. Prayer heals your brain. Translation, renews your mind. Thank you, Paul. Prayer heals the brain. Dr. Caroline Leaf recently said, this, there was a study where 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over eight weeks, 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over eight weeks changes the human brain so much that it shows up on a brain scan. Prayer heals the brain. Prayer brings peace to your brain. Craig Rochelle once said this, and I'll never forget it. Your life will head in the direction of your strongest thoughts every time. Your strongest thoughts are steering your life. So if that's true, then are you excited about the direction your strongest thoughts are taking you? Another question would be, is peace one of your strongest thoughts? And if you're like me, and the answer most of the time, unfortunately, is no, Peace is not one of my strongest thoughts. Well, then thank God that God with great forethought when he made your brain, designed your brain to be neuroplastic with an ability to be renewed and rewired. And we used to think that was only true for kids. And the older get, you get, the more your brain is just set and the more that you can't learn new things or think in new ways. And that's now being proven incorrect. That your brain can be rewired and renewed. That God invites you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. His love surrounds you when your thoughts wage war, which means you can choose today to dwell on what's going right today as opposed to what could go wrong tomorrow. I'm not saying that's easy. I'm saying peace is a practice. Prayer is practicing peace. Proclaiming the truth of God over your life is practicing peace. I say this to you a lot you're the most important preacher in your own life. Nobody talks to you more than you talk to you and it's important what you say to you. What kind of story are you telling yourself? I, 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 I wrote this mini sermon for you and I'm hoping that we have a lot of Red Rockers just walking around Austin this season, just saying this, muttering this under your breath. Here it is. I'm confident and calm. I'm on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. That's a sermon. That's a whole sermon that you could preach to yourself anytime you need it. I did not wake up this morning feeling that. I woke up this morning feeling the opposite, not calm, a little anxious about a lot of things happening this season, not confident, but insecure about a few things. So you wake up one way, but you don't, uh, what I've learned, if you can talk yourself out of something, you can talk yourself into something. Preach yourself into it. I'm confident and calm. I'm speaking the truth of God, the word of God over my life until my feelings start catching up with that declaration. I'm confident and calm. I'm on the path of peace with the Prince of Peace. I'm choosing to elevate my faith over my fears and my identity above my insecurities. I'm confident and calm. I'm on the path of peace with the prince of peace and the more you declare the truth of God over your life, the more you begin to activate that same truth of God within your life, the more you begin to practice and cultivate peace. Peace is a practice. The question is, are you practicing peace? I think of practice like a whether it's a sport or a musical instrument is patterns, are you practicing the patterns of peace? Are you practicing the patterns of peace? Are the patterns in your life conducive with the peace that you wanna be walking in and experiencing? You stay up late, you know, binging the negativity of the news and law and order SVU and all the comment section uh, on social media and all the dysfunction and then turn off your light, roll over in bed and pray for a peaceful sleep? God's like, I mean, I'll try. But your patterns are the problem here. Are the patterns in your life conducive with the peaceful life that you want? Peace is a, a practice. It's kind of like peace is kind of like a piano. I don't know if um, if anybody in here plays the piano, but I, I think about all of the houses in just Austin alone that probably have like an old piano somewhere in the corner of one of the rooms, but nobody in the house knows how to play it. Those houses I feel like are like a lot of Christian hearts where God has placed a piano called peace in our hearts, but how many of us practice it? How many of us cultivate that ability? It's like when you go to the dentist, they will give you floss, but you need to use it. You need to use it. Who flosses every day? Seriously, this is the Lord's house, do not lie. That's not bad. There's a stat that says 79% of people lie about how often they floss. It's the same thing like with men, like 85% of men lie about like seeing, having seen The Godfather, the movie, in front of other men. Because when they ask, have you seen The Godfather? You go, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. You feel like you have to say yes. When a dentist asks you, do you floss? Yep, well I can see that you don't, but I just, I just said that. Um, <laughs> because brushing your teeth cleans 70% of the surface of your teeth and flossing cleans the other 30. All right, why are we talking about this? Why are we taking precious time in the Lord's house today? I'm as mad as you, trust me. But as one of your pastors, I care about all of you mind, body and spirit and that includes your gums and stats are showing. Y'all just aren't flossing and you need to knock it off and start flossing. The dentist will give you some floss, but you need to use it. Watch this spiritual transition. One sermon about peace is not enough. God gives you peace, peace is a promise, but you need to practice it. You need to cultivate the patterns of peace in your life. I think about your schedule. Is your schedule practicing patterns of peace? Like you can say no sometimes, you can't do it all. Let's just let each other off the hook and give each other permission to be human. If you need to say no to my Christmas party, like maybe that's just because you're human. Let each other be human. This Christmas season, let's have mercy on the introverts. Dear Lord, they're dying this season, okay? Be human, say no. Seth is our piano man. Seth, do you ever practice piano, by the way? Okay, so that's how you can play. Will you, will you play us a song, piano man? Oh, a Christmas tune. That's beautiful. All right, follow me here. Seth, are you using every single piano key? Are you hitting every note on that piano? You're not. Mozart once said, he writes masterpieces not because of the notes he says yes to, but equally as important, the notes he says no to. Because, it's obvious in music, but it's not as obvious in life. When you don't say no to anything, you start saying yes to everything and your life is no longer a beautiful psalm. Now your life is just noise. And I wonder, How many of you would be honest in church right now to say that is what my life sounds like? Welcome to my brain, welcome to my soul, welcome to my heart, I say no to nothing. I say yes to every single no because they're all important to me. I've got no rest, I've got no margin, my life is out of control, I'm hurried in my heart, I'm busy all the time. Okay, dear Lord, you can stop. That was wonderfully bad. But I wonder if you'd be honest enough to say, man, that's, I've learned the older I get, if you don't start saying no to some good things, those good things will start crowding the plate and taking the spots of the great things and the great people that your time truly deserves. If you're hurried and worried and just busy, your answer is not more time. What your answer is, you need to practice some rhythm with the time that you do have. I'll quote Jack Black from The Holiday which I watched two nights ago and was inspired for this sermon illustration. What if you used only the good notes? He's writing a a song, Iris, Kate Winslet's character is sitting next to him and he says, "This this melody sounds like you. And then he looks at her and says, I used only the good notes. So for your life, what if, what if you used only the good notes in your schedule What if you practice some patterns for peace? Like Eugene Peterson paraphrased something Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, grace is the unforced, it's the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came here to teach us. He said, yoke your life to mine. My burden is easy. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. There's even a cadence to what he said. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Come and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You don't need more time. You need rhythm with the time that you do have. Peace is a practice, much like a piano. Are you practicing the patterns of peace to cultivate that within your heart? Peace is a promise. You have all the peace you need. You don't need to pray for more from God. You need a deeper revelation today of what you already have in God. God's presence and everything that goes with it is right here, right now, all the time. It's us that can show up and physically be here, but not really be here in our hearts. So if you can be here, you will rendezvous with peace. It's a path beneath your feet. It's not waiting for you on January 1st, 2024. It's not waiting for you as soon as, as long as there's, a, there's um, any kind of as soon as in your life, The truth is you're never gonna find peace because you're gonna be just thinking and under the impression it's a destination, it's a place out there just around the corner and you're never gonna realize that it's actually a path beneath your feet if you would simply stop and realize it right now. And so peace with God and the peace of God. That's what I'll leave you with, peace with God and the peace of God. Peace with God being salvation. I think there's a reason all the angels in the New Testament, when they'd show up, the first thing they'd say to everybody is, fear not, don't be afraid, peace be with you. I wonder if part of the increasing anxiety just in humanity over the years is just so many people at the end of the day, when you finally put your head on the pillow at the end of your day, you know deep down, I don't think I have peace with God. This God that I know is real. I don't know where I'm going one day. I don't know about heaven forever. I don't know if he's in my life right now. I don't know. One of the greatest things ever said is what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe about Jesus, who Jesus is to you, is the most important thing about you. And then to follow that up, what you believe God believes about you is the second most important thing about you and I would say what you believe about God once you believe he is he's my Lord and Savior here for relationship and not religion here peace came here I haven't out sinned his grace and mercy he's got a plan for me he's got a purpose for me Jesus I want that that's when you feel peace with God I think you'll be shocked at how that sets into motion a calm and confident soul that you begin to cultivate from here on out for the rest of your life as you now pursue the peace of God. What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe God believes about you is the second most important thing about you. And the more that you start to believe the truth about how God really feels about you, that you're loved, that you're called, that you're chosen, that you're accepted, the more you start to walk in the peace of God. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed in here, and and truly, like take, do it, take this like the next two minutes and you don't get a lot of these moments. Maybe everybody in here just take a deep breath and get present with the God who is always present. And if you need peace with God, and if you've never made Jesus your Lord and savior, And you just heard the greatest story ever told about peace that came here 2000 years ago, a God who lived a perfect life, the perfect life that you would never be able to live and died a perfect death to give you his righteousness and take from you all of your sin and all you have to do is simply believe in that grace by your faith and say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. I want heaven forever then and there, and life and life to the full here and now. If you've never done that and you wanna do that today, I just wanna invite you to be bold right now and raise your hand so I can say a prayer for you. In this room. Wherever, if you're watching online, wherever you are, come on, let's go. Up in overflow. GBB, if I'm talking to you, just raise your hand. Nothing magical about a hand raise. It's an external motion that solidifies an internal transformation that already happened because of a decision in your heart. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You can put your hands down. And congratulations, by the way. For the rest of us and i'm guessing i'm about to talk to a bigger group of people you have peace with god but you haven't felt the peace of god or or you understand that if this god is real then the peace of god must be an infinite well which means however much you've experienced there's an infinite amount more to be had and you want more of that peace of god this christmas season I wanna invite you to be bold and raise your hand as well so I can pray for you. My hands up, I'm guessing this is gonna be a lot of us. Let's go. Let's go. I would love to pray for you. You can put your hands down. I just wanna pray this over everybody right now. God, we invite your presence and the peace that goes with it. Thank you for the eternal destinations that were just changed And the salvations that just took place right in this room, may that never get old. Would you bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them? And for everybody who this is not necessarily the most wonderful time of the year, I pray that you would reveal to them something deeper than feelings even. This peace that is true regardless of if I felt it today when I woke up. There's this peace that is a promise, this peace that is a maybe in seed form in my heart, but the more I simply realize what I already have been given, the more I begin to walk on this path that is peace and practice the patterns of it, the more I will begin to experience it. I pray that this community of people would be a non-anxious presence in every room that we walk into. May the world be forever affected and changed by the heaven That's inside of every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.